The Southwest Stakes Day edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com. That's K-U-T-T dot com. Use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. The guys just dropped their bonus behind-the-scenes episode of Sean winning $200,000. Plus, this week's Pick'em prize is a free $250 Super Bowl Square. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Patreon to join today. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And, folks, as always, it's all good, baby, baby. It was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I've got my Cuban links on. Yes, Cuban B. And I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. I got ice all over my body looking like a snowman. Big rocks in the grill dancing like a slow jam. My chain's so heavy, I'm walking like an old man. Try me, you Joining me today, uh, she's no stranger to the show. I think this is her third time on now. Uh, she's originally from the land down under. Crystal! Yay! Let's jump. Crystal Conning, our, our friend and panic analyst at Oakland Park. Crystal, how's it going? It's going really good. How about you, Chase? Not bad, not bad, uh, but a little bit of housekeeping I should get to before we get started, because I want to hear not only, you know, we're, we're going to talk some races, but I want to hear how Oakland's treating you so far and everything. But uh, before we start, you know, many might know me now more as an AI artist even than a podcaster. So uh, I've been trying to make, you know, thumbnails for, for these shows um, for me and my guests that portray me or me, the, the person with the wolf head uh, and my guest. And uh, I made one for me and crystal and I had to get a reaction live to this nightmarish hellscape. I Good Lord. I just thought I bet it's a koala or a kangaroo. It's apparently if you put a koala on the head of a human being, it is disturbing. That's yeah, that's rough. Yours is way cooler than mine. Yeah, I I gotta I need to find a, a more appealing Australian animal to to associate with. Maybe <laughs> maybe the kangaroo was the way to go. At least they both are snooted of some sort, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. So how how is how's Oakland treating you? This is your first Oakland meet, and you're about like well, almost two months into it now. How's it feel? It's great. Um, it's been awesome. Uh, the the team are just so great to work with. Um, Matt and Nancy are so fun to do the show with and make it so easy. Um, so that part's great. My handicapping in December was subpar, but um, January I improved. This last weekend just gone. I I had a real big day on Sunday. Um, so hopefully, I hope I'm getting into a groove and getting to know the horses and getting to know the track a little more but um time will tell i might be humbled this week but i'm hoping that i'm starting to find a groove but we'll see it's it's a just a brutal track to handicap and i've had a lot of like professional horse players say that it's one of the toughest tracks in the country so i'm trying to not get my feelings hurt yeah it's uh 
it, it's really hard not to just kind of like go full Tarzan thump in your chest after after you hit like a string of like four or five good, you know, good solid winners uh, because it gets it, it gets so difficult. And then, yeah, for sure. DJ and Icarus can fly a little too close to the sun sometimes and get, <laughs> get, those, get those wings melted after you do well. So I appreciate the humbleness that you're approaching it with. Yeah, no, I. uh I know how I know how it goes. I know that the humbling the humbling comes, but uh, it was nice to have a a good day after being humbled for like two months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do you do you feel like keep think of anything like specific you feel like you've learned about the track or like anything that really stands out to you as like uniquely like Oakwan ha- having its own like quirk or anything? Oh uh, yeah, I I don't think so. I think recency is really important here. Um, I think the tr- this particular surface is hard for horses off the layoff. Um, I think, uh, but no, like sometimes you know there there's a highway up the rail. It seems like, and some days the rail doesn't. Like it's it's like every track, you know. It's like you got to watch the first couple of races and then be like, all right, this is this or this is that, which. You know, for me, is it's that sucks because I, you know, our picks are already submitted, so that's right. kind of hard. But um, no, I, I don't. That's what I think is hard about Oakland is that there is no kind of patterns or anything. I don't think, and the long shots that get up here, like horses are hitting the board at like thirty and forty to one, and I'll go back and look at their PPs and see like, okay, what could I have seen here that I missed? And and you're like. I wouldn't have bet this horse with your money. And you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but when you when you catch onto one of those that gets that amazing price float, it mm-hmm. just it, oh my god. Uh do you remember the horse Plainsman? Uh-uh. Uh, he he was he was a short leaf horse that uh, he was under Bill Van Meter and then under Brad Cox and ran in some stakes races, but I had him when he broke his maiden scooting up the rail at 40 to one and it was in front of all of my friends and it was fucking awesome. <laughs> and they were like, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I even had the, I even cashed the, like the daily double in that one where I had it like to all in that race, just cause I wanted to have something in my pocket win, you know? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And so how's, how's hot Springs. I know, I know moving to Arkansas could be an adjustment for most. How, how are you liking it? <laughs> I love Hot Springs. It's the cutest, cutest town. Um, I'm lucky enough to live downtown, so I just walk everywhere, and it's it's fun. There's always something sort of going on, and uh, it was good when we had the the Arctic tundra come through, and everyone was stuck in their houses. But at least you know, because I'm I'm can walk everywhere. I I still got out, and that first that night it snowed. I went downtown, and it was just dead, and the streets the cars hadn't driven on the snow yet, and it was like. This is my town. <laughs> I'm the only person down here. <laughs> you see these streets. Crystal Conning runs these streets. That's street. right. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. That's fantastic. Well, what are Crystal and I are going to be talking about today? Uh, we are going to take a look at the, we mentioned, we put picks out way out ahead of time. So it's hard on us. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at four different stakes races that run on, uh, on Saturday with the Southwest Stakes Day. And uh, then, of course, the the last race, too. So I'm not looking at a pick five. We're just going through these five races. Going to give you uh, a top pick, a value pick. Uh, heck, maybe they're t- uh, horses that you consider throwing on your pick five. Um, we got the King Cotton. We got the Martha Washington, the American Beauty, and the grade three, three derby prep, the Southwest Stakes. 
Uh, those races start race eight, post time 404 Eastern, 304 God's time, 104 out on the specific time zone. Uh, and post time for this card, 1230 Eastern, 1130 God's time. So if you're going out to the races this Saturday, remember we do start an hour earlier, hour early post time so we can get all 12 races in. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's kick it off. Let's talk race eight, the six furlong, $150,000 King Cotton Stakes. Now, when I looked at this race, all I could see was pace, 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 pace. Then I yeah. looked deeper and I saw pace, 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 pace. <laughs> There's a lot of pace here. Yeah. Yeah. Look, this, I thought the King Cotton was maybe the toughest race of the three of them to, um, it's just a de- it's a lot of depth in this race. It's a super good race. You know, you've got Scally, Taiwano Twist, um, Edge to Edge. He's a nice horse. Then you've got Rivet. He can run and he loves Oakland. He's 15 to 1. This, you know, this is a tough race. I um, I ended up taking Scally on top at 7 to 5, which is not my favorite thing. But I just think that this horse is special. He romped here last time out on the 30th of December off the six month layoff. There goes my recency angle. Um, <laughs> uh, he's got all that tactical speed. I know there's a lot of speed in here, but this guy is wicked fast. Um, it's hard to string seven together, but this guy's just so consistent. He's only been worse than second once in his 11 start career. He had that easy little leg stretcher a couple of days ago on the 28th. He's worked a half and 50. This is going to be the toughest group I think he's seen in a little while. He needs to be on his great game. I don't think he's a lock in here at seven to five. I think he's going to get some pressure early that he's kind of not used to. Um, but if he if he gets to the front end and and if he takes a breath anywhere, I think he's going to be the one to beat. Yeah, it, it's really. I went. I tried to go around it because I'm just. I'm thinking that maybe the pace softens up Skelly just enough. Mm-hmm. And there were two horses that I thought that could get a piece because it does seem like you're having a lot of horses kind of win from off the pace as of as of uh, lately. Uh, mm-hmm. I, my top pick was the three Tejano Twist at four to one. Uh, <laughs> speaking of your recency bias, I mean this one just re- won the uh, Ring the Bell Stakes on December 9th. Uh, a Chris Hartman horse uh, with this uh, with this gelding here. Uh, I mean I I like you know I like this horse especially that it ran second in the uh in the uh the same race last year to gunite who turned out to be a pretty good horse uh it's never won on an off track which we might get but i do think that the horse is good enough to do so if we if we get him on an off track uh mm-hmm. did you have a, a value pick here for this race i did um i used Teano twist second for all those reasons and like you said if scally gets softened up he's gonna be the horse that's rolling late like he does he's got that wicked turn of foot I thought the four horse in here, Jackson Traveler, was half interesting for Steve Asmussen and Joel Rosario comes to ride. Ten to one, this guy. He ran away from them last time out at Zia Park by five. He went 109 and two there, which they have that track pretty tight. So, you know, the times can be a little iffy out there, I think. But still, um, he's going to get plenty of help from the saddle in Rosario. He knows him. He's won at Oaklawn. He does need to level up a little bit here, I think, but he, his numbers do sort of are on an upward trajectory at the moment. And he's quick away from there, like we've kind of been talking about, but I can't see Steve, you know, I think he's going to tell these guys, you know, lay off that, probably lay off Scally, I would say. So I would say yeah. this was going to stalk. I mean, he won the bachelor stakes at Oakland as a three-year-old. 
He is untried on the wet surface, but his numbers do suggest he'll handle it. And the Munnings progeny love it. They're 18% winners in the wet. So at 10 to 1, I think that guy's worth a little throw at the stumps, even in your exotics. I was going to say, if it gets wet, I mean, you can't toss any Munnings baby out of the out of the slop at Oakland. That's your mm-hmm. you're destined to get burned if you if you do that. So I'm with you. Uh, my value pick, I went with the other horse I thought could roll late, and it was the six miles ahead. Uh, this one was just a big winner at the uh, in the Thanksgiving Classic at uh, Fairgrounds on November 23rd for Paul McGee. Uh, I love this horse for the workout patterns, going fast, slow, fast, slow, heading into this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Then it's coming in off a layoff after that big time performance and stakes race. I think this one has been well drilled in preparation for the start. This is the only other horse that can run from off the pace that I really want a, a piece of in this race. So that's my value pick miles ahead at, at five to one. Yeah. I ran a one or four by a last time out too. Like that's, that's going to win anywhere. Right. Right. If you can match it that anywhere near that, I, I feel pretty good about it. All mm-hmm. right. Got to get a word in here real quick. A word from us. That's right. The SGP Patreon. The guys just dropped this month's bonus episode behind the scenes breakdown of Sean's $200,000 win. This week's Patreon pick and prize is a free $250 Super Bowl square plus access to all the pick sheets and exclusive channels on Discord. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. And of course, got to get a word in from our friends at Underdog Fantasy who have a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. The NFL, the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' stats and cash in. You can win up to 100 times with some spicy plays. My favorite underdog picking for today's show is it's the same one as every, th- as every time. Always take the lower. Just take it to the bottom level. That's what I like to do. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And excuse me while I get a little hydration break. I'm going to jump the gun on days here. There we go. Little bone thugs. <laughs> you, you guys listen to much bone thugs in Australia? Yeah, you know, I don't think we do, but I could be converted. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. So it was like it was like if a barbershop quartet made gangster rap was kind of bone thugs thing. It was kind <laughs> of, yeah. It was it was peak nineties. Um all right, race nine, eight and a half furlongs, two hundred and fifty thousand dollar Martha Washington stakes. Uh these are young horses and the pace projects to be great for a horse that has learned to come from off the pace already. Um, I honestly have two value picks in this race, but I'll show, I'm going to show slight preference to one. Um, I do know one thing. There's absolutely no value in leaning into the favorite and into denim and pearls. What did you think of this race? Yeah, I thought the same. I, um, I took a, a price horse on top here as well. Um, I took the nine in good taste for Brad Cox. She's eight to one. Uh, she's coming off that maiden victory. I thought she was very brave in that race last time out. She was in tight quarters early. I thought she handled herself well. Uh, made a bit of an early move when the pace was kind of not quite to her liking. Got rolling probably a little earlier than you'd like to. And she was really brave to the line while dueling it out with a next out maiden special weight winner in Honor Cat who won by five its next out. And these two fillies really drew away from the rest of the field in this stretch duel. And it was, a, it was a super impressive race. Like this filly had every right to uh, fold and she pinned her little ears and, and really toughed it out. Um, I don't know. 
how comparable this is, but they only went just under half a second slower in that race than Denim and Pearls' last race at the same trip on at Oaklawn. Um, and this filly's last buyer, too, in that race was only two points less than Denim and Pearls' last one with the 79. She does have to come on a little bit uh, from that maiden victory to take on some little bit more seasoned kind of fillies in here, but she's in the right barn to do it. And like you said, I just I don't really want to use a six to five Denim and Pearls on top. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Yeah, that's that was my top pick too. Uh, in good taste. Uh, my notes say a second coxum because I wanted it to sound like a like a Star Wars like subtitle or something. You know, like you know, Star Wars Episode Sixteen. A second cox emerges. No big that's deal. Awesome. All right. <laughs> um, I I much prefer the run style and the jockey combination here to to Denim and Pearls. Kind of like you mentioned. I mean. I, I've seen, I had him on my Brisnet PPs and hitting at 25% Cox and Chuan, I, which mm-hmm. I, I hope that's how you pronounce it. That's it is, yep, saying Chuan. It. Chuan. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it. So I, I'm all over it. I'll go ahead and give my, my value pick. I, I went with the, the, uh, I believe it's the seven hush it honey at, at 10 to one. There, there's no value in denim and pearl. So I landed on really two value picks. But the one that might present the most value, I think, is Hush It Honey. And it's because this one will be towards the front end. And if the, if the speed can run a stocking trip as well, uh, it might bode pretty well for this one to from a pace standpoint. Uh, if the track isn't letting horses from, like, all the way off the pace move forward, you know, all over the slop. Say they get a good seal on it and it's really moving speed forward, that I think Hush It Honey might give you a little bit of value there at 10 to 1. Yeah, I agree. I like that horse as well. I, um... I was kind of just banking on uh, in good taste as my value pick, but I used Denim and Pearl second just to kind of cover bases there. I think, you know, I think she is a nice filly. Um, and she's obviously, I think, going to run good in there. I thought another horse, though, that was interesting, sort of value pick at nine to two, was Promise Me an Empire for D- Robertino Diodoro, Harry Hernandez. She exits, she came out of a key race two back. She was third uh, at Keeneland with three next out winners. Thought it, she ran a pretty tough race in her last effort at Churchill. She won a restricted, I think it was an $80,000 through the sale ring, one of those restricted maidens. But she won it in a very solid fashion. She showed some real toughness there. She's bred top and bottom to relish this trip and the wet ground. She had that sharp little work at uh, Louisiana Downs on Gen 30 as well. So I thought she was kind of an interesting player as well. Yeah, and it, it, we're getting to the time of year right now where you just really can't – underestimate any Robertino Diodoro horse at, at any time because they will they will win some damn races that's for sure uh moving on let's hit race 10 six furlongs $150,000 American Beauty Stakes uh I I might be foolish but with how this track plays I think that Alvastar is beatable I mm-hmm. think Alvastar is beatable it, it definitely looks like a tall task it's kind of like the last race with Denim and Pearls, but someone is going to have to run out of their minds to beat this horse. And I've got, once again, kind of two value picks that I'm, that I'm giving a chance to, uh, did you think that you could beat Alva star? I did. I thought she was vulnerable at even money. Uh, Alva star, like you said, she's, uh, she's coming off the layoff. There's a ton of speed, uh, in here. I'm going to use Royal Spar on top for Rudolph Brissett, Ricardo Santana, nine to two. She was beat last time out, just four lengths in grade one company at Santa Anita. She's a winner here. She's a winner on rain affected going. 
She's still just lightly raced, but she's a three-time winner and six career outs. I think the pace is going to set up perfect for her to just stalk and sit in behind him and use that nice turn of foot that she's got. Uh, she's second up off a bit of a layoff here, which is a 19% angle for Rudy Brissett. She's won both of her attempts at the six furlongs, and I think she's going to come in here a little fresh and sharp. She always runs good fresh, and the blinkers do go on to sharpen her up as well. So I can see her racing a little close in behind that speed and hopefully being the one that picks him up. Yeah, with this one, I my top pick ended up being 12 to 1. It was the three Adeline Julia. It's the, the Robertino mm-hmm. Diodoro horse. Uh, I, I thought it's going to be the first one waiting to pick up pieces late. And if this one sits a touch off the early pace, I think there will be plenty of it to pounce on late. Uh, th- this one also has, co- has some off-track form to fall back on. And I, I like it being under Dio's care after serving a suspension in this one, be- not being trained by Sean Williams anymore, uh, who had him for the mistletoe, which there wasn't that great of a, a performance, which, I mean, I don't know how different it is whenever it's his assistant who's training him. I mean, it might be the exactly the same because, I mean, it's not like Dio's there every single day. Um, mm-hmm. But for some reason, just having the name back on the line gives me a warm and fuzzy. Um, so I, I'm going with, uh, the three Adeline Julie at 12 to one as my, as my, you know, first run quick to pounce 12 to one play. Mm-hmm. And I love the cut back there too. Like she goes from a two route races back to the six furlongs. That's one of my favorite angles. I looked at her really closely too. I think she's a nice belly. See my, my value pick. I, I went with the eight condensation at 20 to one, mm-hmm. uh, if this track is allowing deeper closers to get there over a wet surface, which is Matthew DeSantis, he's been doing these track bias notes for over at Naira Betts, and he's shown me some convincing data that horses actually can come from about three off the pace, even when it's wet here at Oaklawn. Uh, that I, I love this price for, for a Chris Hartman filly. I, I mean, I just love Chris Hartman with fillies, period, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, get this one first off the turf, which has been a winning move for the horse before. Uh, so I, I like the uh, I like them kind of repeating a winning move here and at 20 to one if the horse can the horse can pick up pieces and if they go really fast up front then then condensation has a chance to trickle on in for a win yep (laughs) i see what you did there yeah like yeah yeah you like that one yeah (laughs) yeah no she looks good in there i used uh high class as my value pick for asmussen and rosario as well uh again sorry she's won four of her last five she was a stakes winner here last out she really only missed that one kind of breeze with the training disruptions that we had here. Gives me confidence that she breathed, breathed in 52 here on Sunday. That makes me feel like they're happy with where she's at. Because, um, you know, like Steve keeps a pretty close eye on these workers. So I don't think that's an accident, you know what I mean, that she went out and worked in 52. Um, she's going to have to improve from last out to beat Elva Star and, and some of these other runners. But... I think she's capable if this predicted speed battle plays out and she's able to just sit off it a little bit. Yeah, I I completely agree. And something we can agree about our good friends at Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes. Plus, there are tons of social features that give it the feel of a betting social network. Cut offers a lower VIG and fully customizable odds. Plus, you can create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things, so you never have to chase anyone down for money. Get your $2. It's got social features like group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and more. And you get cash back every single time you bet against your friends or other users. Cut also allows you to list 
almost any kind of bet. Perfect for getting action on those fun Super Bowl prop bets. Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com. That's K-U-T-T.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And as always, we are brought to you by the good nerds at Hall of Fame Bets who want you to win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season. With Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and gay lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Stop betting in the dark. Join over 30,000 users researching the Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. And last but not least, we're brought to you once again by us. That's right. We got a deal. You got like five hours left. Everything in the SGPN merch store is 15% off when you use the, the promo code PLAYOFFS. Plus, we're competing against the other shows. So if you buy one of my shirts, you're helping me out. I'll figure out how to pay it forward. If I get a bonus, so like I'm not going to give you any money for it, but you'll get a sweet <laughs> shirt and then I'll get money. So it's a win-win. Uh, my favorite item from the store has got to be the Dirty Little Pig Boy shirts. Those are the best. <laughs> so check out the SGPN merch store. And ah, as always, got to get a little hydration break in. Brett, hit me with the horns, man! And we're jumping off into race 11, the big boy, the eight and a half furlong, $800,000 grade three Southwest stakes. Here we go. The, the one that they made us wait for the Southwest has Kentucky Derby points on the line. So will Bob's horse play spoiler and steal someone's points? That they won't be able to use. I feel like, all right, here. I feel like Bob might be on the war path. And that, if that's the case, everyone just hold on to your butts because we who have podcasts will talk about it ad nauseum, son. Bob's assault on the road to K- the Kentucky Derby. Are you kidding me? I think my thank you for not having to make me come up with my own topics for the next two and a half months, roughly. <laughs> God, Bob, you're the goat of giving me shit to talk about. So big, you the realest dog. Thank you for that one. Um, with this race, once again, I'm I'm value pick and, and value pick. I found two horses that that I really like, but I've given how I think these races are going to set up. Let's hear how Crystal thinks this one and lay it out for me. How's this one go? Yeah, I uh, I think you're onto something there with with old old mate Bob, but um. I'm gonna I'm gonna play against him. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and throw a spanner in his works. I'm gonna use Carbone on top here. Um, I don't know. I'm excited about this horse. I saw him schooling in the paddock before his last time out, and I happened to Steve happened to be in the paddock office, and I was like, "Hey, who's that?" And he said, "Oh, it's a horse I got called Carbone. He's you know," and he said, "I think he's the real deal." And then he, then he came out and won so impressively. So he's just a cool horse. He's uh, just Super looking animal, everything you kind of want to see in a derby horse. Um, he's been so impressive in both his career outs. He's got to prove he can get that extra 16th, but I don't think that's going to be any sort of issue. He worked five furlongs on Saturday in a minute flat on the sloppy track, so I think he's his uh, wet track approved. There's some pace in here, though, and he's never felt really any race day pressure, this guy. Like, he's kind of had it all his own way, and it's all been very easy for him, so... It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how he handles that because it's not unheard of for horses to really feel the pinch that first time and and fold. But 
I don't see that happening with this guy. I think this is going to be the race where he's really going to have to level up and prove that he is he is the, what we all think he maybe is. But um, I'm going to put my faith in him. Okay. I like the looks. I like everything that you're saying. Also, but it's also because like I automatically assume that anyone who has an accent that's like not from here is just smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> that that probably has a lot. <laughs> um, I I'll tell you who I my top pick ended up being uh, the six liberal arts. I really like the the look of this horse lining up right next to Carbone for for Robert Medina. It won the street sense from four off the pace on a sloppy track at Churchill Downs. Mm-hmm. Then it went on the shelf. I think if Medina has this one ready to fire off the layoff and the sub 48 second four for a long work tells me that this one just might be ready to fire. Uh, I think it's very live with potential pace and what seems like a, you know, confirmed track bias that's been chewing up early speed. So I, I think liberal arts has a, has a shot to, to get in there at a eight to one. And I I'm, this is the horse that excites me because I can just see it just develop like every single step out. It gets better. It seems like, uh, so Got Christian Torres up, which is uh, something that you really uh, can't sneeze at at Oakland Park. Mm-hmm. And Robert Medina does a really nice job. He comes through under Suge McGahee. His horses look great. They run great. I got a lot of respect for him as a trainer. He does a really nice job. And you know who else likes liberal arts? Friend of the show, Sarah Albadwi. All right. She, she strikes me. She probably even has a liberal arts degree. I would have Yeah, a hundred percent. She does. <laughs> she could. Um, but anyway, just in case that gives you a little bit more confidence as well. Um, for my value pick in here, I played, I'm going to play the four horse Otto, the conqueror. I think this horse is kind of cool again for Asmussen and Rosario. Um, he's five to one, not huge value, but something. Uh, he He's won three of his four career outs. What is quite impressive last time out in the springboard mile, he defeated a horse in there that was uh, previously undefeated called Glenn Gary. There was quite a bit of hype about that horse going into that race. And um, this guy sort of, you know, put pay to him there. He won a key race at Churchill two back with an 88 buyer ahead of two next out stakes winners. Hasn't tried this trip yet, um, but he do it pretty hard at the mile trip in the springboard mile. Like he worked hard and he and he finished it off. So they went twenty three and two, forty six and two uh, in the springboard, and he kept coming. So I think he'll get that little bit of extra ground. And I actually saw him in the barn this morning, and he is just a cracking style of horse. This guy, he's big and strong and looks the part. So a little value play. I like. I think we're. We're sticking with with names that are that are familiar to the people because I, I I also use coach's horse. Uh Dwayne Lucas's eleven mm-hmm. just steal eight to one. I mean, he's shown in recent years uh, with a few of his will with his uh fillies that he's got, you know, he's still got it when it comes to training a horse at a high level. And I, I think he's got something in the southwest with just steel. Uh, mm-hmm. This one will benefit from the wide post. I love that there's one that will be sitting mid-pack, you know, should be sitting mid-pack in the race. Should really love running this distance again after getting nipped late uh, and placing, you know, and placing the first crack at this distance. Uh, one of these successful justify babies also there's already has a stakes win under its belt. They can't can't really sneeze at that. So I I'm sneezing at a lot of things uh, this episode for some reason. Um, but uh, yeah, I like I like that just steal as a value pick. Yeah, he's a really nice horse too. This is some, it's a little bit of this. When I first went through this race, I was like, eh, 
But the more I delved into it, I was like, oh, this race has actually got a lot more depth than I had initially thought. So I'm ex- I'm pretty excited for that race. Oh, I'm excited for all four of these stakes, actually. They're really great races. But With, with Just Steel, I feel like it might have just kind of learned a little something when it got thrown into the Breeders' Futurity and the, the hopeful at, you know, at Saratoga. Like, it, mm-hmm. you, you had two clunker races, and then it comes out you know, comes out firing the next three in a row when it yeah. ships back to, to Churchill Downs. So, yeah. All right. Race 12. Oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just, I'm just looking glance at the PPs here too. Fast. He's out of a fast net rock man who is the big horse in Australia. So they yeah. all run long and they're all big, nice horses. So there's another little, little tidbit for just still. <laughs> yeah. And you've been, due to patriotism, you are required yeah, to bet him now. Yeah, I'm going to have to put him on. Probably top now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Royal Ascot, I, I always bet all the American horses. I lose a lot. I lose a lot when I do that, too. It's yeah. just uh, you get you get Irad over there, and he loses his mind. He doesn't know. There was one time I thought Irad was going to come out of the horse, like sitting backwards on it out of the gate. It had been so bad that that neat. <laughs> um, these are all reasons why uh, Crystal doesn't get on Twitter anymore, because uh, people like me. Race 12, eight and a half. <laughs> she's not even today. She's like, yup, that shit. <laughs> yep, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly what. <laughs> eight and a half furlongs, $140,000, non winners of one allowance. Uh, it's this is an interesting pace because all the pace sits in the second wave here. It's like you're going to have two horses out in front and then you're going to have just a wall. And it makes you wonder if the two that get out to the front duel each other out. And set comfortable fractions and then just kind of pull away from the pack. Or if you get a horse that can can kind of come from off the pace from, behind, you know, pick its way through that wall of horses with, through the, you know, the rail and trail bias if it's on. And mm-hmm. uh, I decided to do a little bit of both. What, what did you think? Did you see kind of a wonky pace as well? Yeah, I did. But I was boring in here and I, this is my value in brackets. Pick is next revolt four to one. Robertino, Deodoro, and Harry Hernandez. Um, from the one hole, this guy's got plenty of speed. But he's really in a purple patch, this horse, since being claimed four back. Harry's been on him his last three. He knows him well. And Harry rides front runners very well. He uh, obviously was leading rider at Turf Paradise the last couple of years, which is a very leaderish track. So he really, you know, that's how he really got going good out there. Is he really good on the front end, really good judge of pace. Um, so... I think that's a good, another good spot point for this horse. Um, he's going to have to level up here from that start of 20,000 that he won last time out, but his numbers are pretty solid. And uh, he's a winner at this trip. He's won seven in his career. He knows his job. And how, the Deodoro Barn has a 20% strike rate when they step horses up in class like this. Yep. Anytime, anytime he's making that, a move in class it feels dangerous be it down or up if it's mm-hmm. you know the crazy drops down it's like okay this horse is live and you know they're just making room in the barn or even with the step up it's like oh he's got something um also i, I what i like about next revolt because uh well to be honest look at us hey look at us look at us huh? who would have thought not me yeah that was my top pick was was next revolt yeah a four to one um this is funny. You know, I had Matthew DeSantis on last week and he and I agreed on a ton of races and he hit like three races and I somehow managed to not hit any of the races that we agreed on. Um, <laughs> he just hit all the ones that we didn't agree on. So it's kind of obvious who the mush was in that case. Um, 
so yeah, I, I liked Next Revolt and I liked it to be able to essentially just run this field into the ground. Uh, hearing what Crystal says about Harry Hernandez and how he handles a horse runner on the front and you know how the turf paradise play kind of translates to his running style, I'm for it. I'm, I'm extra for it now. I'll go ahead and get my value pick then. I, I liked the 11, uh, 10 days later. Uh, this one has been knocking around a bit on the local track, but it improved between start one and start two over the track. Uh, another tick forward, and this one could be plenty fast enough to win the race. I mean, it's going to be sitting behind the second wave wall of horses, and uh, will either have to pick its way through or will need to come flying up the tractor trail. And the tractor tra- tra- trip might be uh, in play after drawing the wide post. Uh, you know, I- I've seen it plenty on muddy days. Every time I see it, I imagine it being Kelsey Har and just like a crazy braid flat you know in the breeze as she like comes flying at the tractor trail to just blow up any ticket that i have unless for the times that i'm on him on her and you know <laughs> get it yeah uh, that's that's the image that's imprinted in my mind when i think of uh wet tracks in oakland she nearly did it the other day up the rail on a real long shot i think in one of the state bread races she burst through and she was like 50 to one or 40 to one and i was like god kelsey she's gonna get there but that's such that's such a funny that's a that's such a solid visual is is Kelsey's ponytail on some long shot blowing him up. That's awesome. Yeah. I one of my favorite things, this I'll tell you this. If I owned horses, I would actually want Kelsey Har to ride because I can always tell that she does everything that she can do to put her horse in the best position to finish as high as it can mm-hmm. on the board. Like yeah. If there's no pace, she'll get out there and start blowing it up with a middle move and put her horse in a position where it's not going to be just like walked over by by horses who are on the lead. So I, I love her for that. She is great at that. Yep. And she, I rode with Kelsey a lot and she tries so hard all the time. Doesn't matter, like, you know, if she's 50 to one or if she's on an even money flop, she is. You're going to get an honest ride from her. And she's brave, man. Like, I've had times where I think I'm on the rail and Kelsey come up inside me. Like she, she'll do what she's got to do to win. Like she, she is, she's awesome. She is so awesome. So yep, That's awesome. I love that visual. All right. So did you already give a value pick? I kind of zoned out there for a minute. I know we got on a tangent, didn't we? Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I okay, so my value pick, I guess I used the Sappy Joseph horse in second. He's probably not value at three to one, but I thought you know he wouldn't ship him over here if he wasn't confident. But I thought maybe for a little value, the nine Pledge of Allegiance improved first up, uh, first off the claim last out. We beat just a nose and similar company. Um, the Moquette Barn 17% second off the claim. Hasn't worked since he ran on the 29th, so he might just need one, but he's kind of a capable type, so. There we go. And there we have it. That was race 12. That's uh, You got value picks. You got you got top picks. You got uh, hold on, wait a minute picks. You know, you got everything out of this episode. Uh, so what you got to let me know what's going on at, uh, at Oakland Park for uh, Southwest Weekend. Anything special? Um, okay, so we've got. Early post time, obviously, so um, make sure you all are there an hour earlier to catch all the action. It's a great card. Um, I'm going to be on the pony on the track doing the uh, post parade analysis for the stakes, so that's going to be pretty fun. Um, yeah, so I'll be out there uh, in real time, out there in the mix, talking about horses and, 
you know, hopefully I can see some facial expressions on the jocks or something and get some little last minute insights. But uh, that's going to be something I don't believe we've done at Oakland before. So that's going to be fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I've never I can't think of any time that I've ever seen it. So that's uh, that oh, it kicks ass. Oh, kudos. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so check that out. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be back. I've got Sarah L. Bodway joining me. Uh, we're going to be talking. We will talk to Southwest again, but we're going to be talking about your Saturday Super Kentu- Road to the Kentucky Derby prep race uh, day with four different stakes races. So we're going to talk all four of those. Uh, I believe it's the Withers. you got the RB, the RB Lewis. you got the Southwest, and you've got the Holy Bull down at Gulfstream. It should be a fantastic day of racing. Um, so check that out. I'll be back on Friday. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't feel like I need to tell you what I'm, what my plans are 48 hours from now. What are you keeping tabs on me out there? People you trying, <laughs> trying to know my, my comings and goings when I'm going to be at the house or not. What's the, what's going on? Is this Never set up on your next move. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's why I always rent cars. Um, that's also <laughs> terrible financial advice. Um, is that why you never use your indicator as well? Your turn signal? Oh, never. Nobody needs never. to know. Uh-uh. No. And I'll even, I'll do the fake out, like, go the other way and then turn, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like when your grandma takes the corner and she always goes out into the other lane for some reason to make the, make the way around. Uh, I have a funny story about that, actually, and regarding Kelsey Ha and I was coming out of the track. I was coming out of the track the other day and, and um, I probably shouldn't say on a public thing what car Kelsey drives, but there was the same car as Kelsey behind me coming out of, of the track. So I thought it was Kelsey and we get to the light and it's the two two lanes to turn left. And so I start like race riding in the turn, you know, and like cut her off a little bit. We get to the next light and we stop and, and this guy is just mad dogging me. Like it was not Kelsey. <laughs> Oh man. Oh geez. That's you almost you almost found yourself in your in your first like redneck moment. Like one of those just like a when someone flies out of the car, what the hell, man? Hey man. Literally, I was just eyes straight ahead, just just dying, wishing the ground had just swallowed me up. That's that's amazing. Um <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTV. Brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We will catch you tomorrow with Sarah Elbadway. Have a good night.